Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. This is the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Lillian Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. So the bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today is Tim Foss, and uh, we are celebrating another Sounders win. This is a, a 2-1 win over the LA Galaxy. The Sounders are now 3-0-1 on the road, which let's just start here. A win at LA sure makes those two, those four points dropped over the last two home games feel a lot more palpable. Yeah, I think... Palatable? At- palatable. I messed that up. It's palatable. <laughs> Close enough. I think especially... You know, the the Sounders have tended to not play their best coming out of a long break. Yes. And so to come out of a long break without, you know, no Nicoladero, no Ariaga because he's with Ecuador, no Nuhu because he had an adductor strain, I guess, giving Abdullah Sissoko his first MLS appearance in a start on the back line. You go to LA, you get a win. Yeah. Feels pretty good. I'll I'll be honest. When I saw the lineup come out, uh, not because no offense to AB Sissoko or anyone else, you but New has been their best player basically the whole year. Uh most consistent player all year at the very least. And with him out on the road against LA, which was already to me a, a, a tough a tough one. I I mean I, I figured that was a loss. I would have been perfectly happy with, with a point in that one. And for the Sounders to, to win, and I wouldn't say they were remotely dominant. I think you can argue that a point would have been the fair result in that one. But they, again, they only give up a goal from the, they, they only give up a goal on a penalty. They haven't given up a goal from the, from open play all year. Uh, the penalty was pretty soft and the chances they gave up aside from that weren't really great chances. You know, they had their best chance was probably, uh, I think it was Chicharito had a ball saved that ended up getting flagged for offside. My a personal opinion is that if he had scored that, it may have stood because the replay to me looked like he was onside. It ends up not going down as a save. It doesn't end up going down as a shot. It doesn't count towards XG. That probably would have changed the XG calculus. So I don't want to sit here and say the Sounders won XG. They did win XG. But the, it's like maybe a little deceiving is my point. Uh, but I thought they were... Very, I mean, they didn't give up a, a bunch of chances. They certainly didn't give up any, any, like I don't think they were lucky. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a solid road performance. It's the kind of road performance that championship teams turn in. Yeah, I think you know they. You're right. They didn't dominate this game. I think even for stretches, I don't think they dominated dominated this game. But it's still a good win. They yeah. they really did a good job of limiting the danger that the galaxy were able to create and yeah the fact that the only goal they gave up was 
a pretty iffy penalty seems seems good especially given the circumstances you know they they still are the only undefeated team in the league at this point they have not lost on a trip to la yet which is impressive in and of itself yeah uh have they will they go back to la do they have any more road games against la i don't know um you know i'm not I'm not sure. It just has been in my head. I don't remember if it was Steve or Brad, but one of the two. They talked about it on the broadcast. Okay. That the Sounders wouldn't lose in LA, which I mean, if they can get through a season and not lose in LA, that's a pretty, pretty high bar for team performance. Yeah. 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 And, and what's funny is you, you look at their, their record right now on the road, three Oh one, one, like I said, uh, they're on a three-game road winning streak. I honestly don't, I don't know what the the team, the franchise record is for consecutive wins on the road, but it's probably not much more than three, uh, if it's if it's more than three at all. And yeah, it looks like they go to LAFC one more time. So they they got one more trip they're gonna have to go down to LA for. But uh, four points so far from two trips to LA. That's pretty good. Uh, and you know, you look at who they've they've played on the road so far. Uh, San Jose traditionally has been a tough place for them to to win. They won there. Uh, Portland, an easier place for them to win, admittedly, but on paper, certainly one of the tougher road games that they'll have to play. Uh, and then at LA and LAFC, also uh, traditionally pretty tough road games. And right now that they're they're on ten points through those four games, you know they've already equaled. This is kind of crazy. They've already equaled their win total, road win total from 2017 and from 2020. 2020 obviously being sort of an asterisk year, but still this is, you know, like, and none of those performances I'd say were, were great performances, but they all were competent kind of like veteran savvy type road wins. And I think this one is especially impressive. Like you said, they have a bunch of backups on the field, Kellen Rowe starting in central midfield, Steph Cleveland in goal. uh, And most notably AB Sissoko at center back, Let's dig into A.B. Sissoko a little bit. Here's a player who I honestly was a little surprised that L.A. didn't go after him more. They didn't seem to really target his side of the field at all. They they seemed pretty intent to try to break the Sounders down through the middle of the park. Uh, I was a little surprised that Sebastian Legette did not get more involved in the game. It was really like a game that they seemed – the game plan seemed to be let's try to get Chicharito the ball – which didn't really work the first time. I'm not sure why they, they were so intent on making it work this time. Uh, Shane O'Neill obviously was another backup that was starting in this one. But what would you make of Sissoko's performance? I, you know, I noted it in the, uh, the live blog, but he was outstanding and somehow managed, you know, he didn't get credited for many blocks, but he somehow seemed almost anytime the galaxy were trying to shoot from outside the box or play a ball into the box. It seemed like a weird coincidence that it just always happened right in front of him. That's not really the way things work. That's him reading the play and getting himself in position to get a block in. Um, He, you know, had one play where he very clearly took a charge. It is NBA playoff season, but, you know, got in the way of a Galaxy player and took a hit and got the foul called and, you know, stopped what could have been a promising attack. And all of a sudden the Sounders have possession in their half and can cool things down a little bit. 
Um, yeah, definitely he had a better game than I expected. And I've been pretty high on Sissoko since he first came to Tacoma. Yeah, a big body, uh, moves pretty well, reasonably good passer, but kind of actually pretty soft feet. Uh, but he just seems to use his frame really well. Like he, he's not fast. Uh, like he's not necessarily going to chase guys down, but he, in a three center back setup, he's, he's really well equipped for that because he's just in passing lanes and he's blocking shots and he's uh, very confident in, in the air. And I was, I came away pretty impressed uh, if for no other reason than he didn't look at all out of place. Like you wouldn't have thought this was a team that was struggling uh, that had two backups on their, in their center back trio. Yeah. Uh, I think he, there were a number of times where, and part of this is just the way that the galaxy were playing that they had a lot of possession, but whether they were in possession or out of it, they spent a lot of time with 10 or 11 players behind the midfield line. And so as a result, saw, Sissoko both on both sides of the ball pop up at or beyond midfield, either breaking up a play or carrying the ball forward. Um, He's very clearly the type of center back that the Sounders like, and especially for this three center back formation. Um, He shut off some really nice long range passing too. played a couple really well weighted balls into the channels that started attacks that you know those are what you need especially in a game like that one where you're not having a ton of luck playing through the middle and you kind of need to find those spots to stretch the other team and did a good job of that yeah he did i thought he, he did a really good job of it uh if there was one area for concern in this game it might be that the sounders didn't generate a ton from open play uh, you know, their goal comes off a, a corner kick, which obviously set pieces count, right? Like, we're not going to sit here and discount set pieces. Very well taken corner. Uh, even better header from Jamar Gomez and Gardi. That's a great play. I think you got to give them some credit for the for scoring on the other one. It essentially comes off a throw-in. Uh, and it was a well, you know, some well-worked passes in that sequence to to generate the chance. And Rui Diaz ends up cleaning up a rebound. No, no shame in either of those goals. But they didn't generate a ton from open play. They, we didn't really see them get out on the counter particularly well. Uh, their best two chances, aside from the goals, probably came in stoppage time. I don't know if they're both in stoppage time, but both from Jimmy Madranda. One of them, he tried to hit this uh, pretty acrobatic volley that, that got saved. And then he had a great cutback on a counter, uh, opens himself up, hits it really well uh, with his left foot. And uh, Jonathan Bond just, you know, powerful left hand uh gets enough of it to to keep it out but i don't know how how concerned are you at you know this is now three games in a row where the sounders haven't really created any uh they haven't scored any goals from open play is that is that something that that you're worried about the the situation hasn't changed since those last two games they're not any closer as far as we know to getting Nicoladero back. Right. They don't have Jordan Morris. They might add another impact player this year, but we don't know where that player would line up. It's it's an interesting situation. I 
you know, it was funny watching the rain game earlier on Saturday and then watching this game and they're, they're two teams in very different situations where the rain have acquired all of this talent and they're working on integrating them, but they're having a really hard time getting the ball in the back of the net and really looking like a super cohesive unit. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, they, they have all this talent. They need to start, you know, even if they're not playing cohesively, like that talent needs to put the ball in the back of the net. Jess right. Fishlock did it once, but that's not going to be enough. The sound great goal, are, by the way, if you haven't, if, mean, you haven't, if you haven't go watch the Jess Fishlock goal, go and go and find that. It was uh, apparently uh, number seven on sports centers, top 10 plays on Saturday. Great goal. Go on though. I mean, couldn't have been a better goal. Yeah. It uh, was a great goal. The Sounders are sort of the other side of that coin. They're, missing several of their best players the guys that they've brought in are playing fairly well but aren't exactly game changers at this point but they're still finding ways to get results even if you know those two games at home where you would have liked to have seen a win they still came away with a point each game at least they haven't lost they're getting results they have the talent to keep doing that i think like there may be some regression to the mean but i i think they have the talent to figure it out there just have been just weird stuff like there were multiple times in this game where both raul Ruiz diaz and freddie montero had the ball with like passes available to them they could have an like they got the second pass in an attack and instead they just like hit the ball directly into a defender's feet. Like, yeah, they're yeah, both good players. That's not a thing they're going to do all the time. It just, you know, I, I feel like the guys they have right now are more than capable of figuring it out. So I'm not super worried. Yeah. And I, I guess the, the opposite side of that coin would be that, they don't have like there are there is no cavalry on the on the horizon right like so this is kind of their team uh you know the best the closest thing to like a game-changing player that they might uh be expecting to get back is josh atencio and really i feel like i've now built him up to be a much more game-changing potential than than maybe is realistic uh but they they might be getting him back on wednesday who knows maybe he does help unlock the the central midfield a little bit more uh, I, I've been pretty happy with Kellen Rowe, but one thing Rowe doesn't really do is split lines with his passing. Uh, so maybe that's something that, that Atencio can, can help do. Uh, and it would be interesting to see actually how the Sounders end up using Rowe uh, if, if Atencio does come back into the lineup. That said, uh, they don't have, you know, you know, Will Bruin maybe can get unlocked a little bit. Christian Roldan has some, uh, some production, I think, that he hasn't really unlocked yet. So maybe, maybe you can find some some better offense in the in the margin, sort of. But they they don't have a game changing player coming into this team. Uh, even if they go out and sign someone, most likely it's going to be a U twenty two type of player. Uh, and and who knows? Sure, that player could end up being a starter. Maybe they end up being uh, really impactful this season, but I, I don't think that they're signing someone with frankly, the, the, the top line target of them being 
a game changer this year. I mean, you do, anytime you bring in a younger player, I think you have a long-term vision. And if you're bringing in a U22 player who's immediately an impactful, you're probably spending a lot more money than the Sounders are planning to spend. Uh, that's that's my read on it. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, that's not again. It's not to say that it won't happen. I just don't think that's how they're they're game planning right now. You know, Nico Ladero. My suspicion is not going to come back until you know late August at the earliest. Uh, I think it's entirely possible that he's not back until the last couple months of the season. So you know, these are all things that they the Sounders are going to have to figure out. Uh, I will say that they they clearly got a huge break when Raul Ruiz Diaz did not get called up to Copa America. I I actually would be a little worried about their prospects over the summer if Rui Diaz was out for the next, you know, three weeks or whatever it's going to be until Copa America potentially would have been over, but having him, you know, he's, he scores in this one. I think he's got to be considered among the favorites to be uh, golden boot. I, the only reason I had been doubting him in that race was because I suspected that he was going to miss a bunch of games in the middle of the summer. And, and maybe he won't uh, do like, listen, look, he's not going to miss it through international plan in any case. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that my point is that, they, they've got some tweaking to do. And, and I think especially in the first half of this one, they, they need to get more production out of Brad Smith and Alex Roldan. You know, they've both been pretty productive uh, on aggregate this year, but neither one of them have been super impactful for the last three weeks. And Smith was kind of invisible in the first half. Alex Roldan was kind of invisible in the second half, in the first half. I think they were both better in the second half, but there's still, I think they, they got to do more to get their wide players involved. Yeah, I think that's really the one area where I think the play can improve significantly. That they showed what they're capable of earlier in the year. They have been quiet the last three games. If they can get them more involved again, I think that opens a lot more space up as well for whether it's Christian and Kellen to be impactful from the middle of the field or, you know, Josh Atencio coming back. Um, I think being able to generate more from those wide spaces just gives everyone a little bit more room to operate. Um, And that was part of how they tore teams apart at the opening few weeks of this season. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on that they've not been able to get them as involved recently, but uh, yeah, that would, that would go a long way to making this starting nine games, a more sustainable vision for this season. Yeah. And I I think we're maybe seeing now a little bit more of what the trade-off, like I think early in the season, you could be fooled into asking yourself, what is, is there a trade-off for going three or five at the back? Because it played so much like a three-five-two, it it really did seem like the Sounders were essentially playing. You know, it, it played like a three-five-two, and I think in some ways, you you know, you can look at the passing uh, network and and still like you could almost argue that it was a three-four-three in this this last game in terms of like where everyone ended up on the field. But uh, I think you are seeing a little bit more that it can play a more conservative five at the back a lot of the time. And we've seen that, especially this last game where they, you know, uh, rolled on and Smith were essentially, you know, playing a little bit more defense than I think is ideal. 
I, I will say the, the one saving grace for the Sounders this year has been, aside from Rui Diaz, they don't have anyone that's lighting it up offensively. Xiao uh, Paulo does have five assists. I guess you could argue that he's got a goal and five assists, so maybe maybe I'm selling him short. But they have gotten at least one goal or one assist, one primary assist from 10 different players. Uh, they've gotten at least one goal from seven players. Uh, they've gotten two goals from center backs. Uh, these are all things that are not given. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, it's one of the areas that, that teams struggle in. Like in some ways I, I would almost rather have a bunch of guys scoring a few goals than, you know, two or three guys really scoring all your goals. And, and so in that sense, the Sounders are finding new ways to win every game. Uh, you know, I, I, there's this old axiom in baseball where they would say you win 50, you lose 50 and it's the other 72 games that ultimately decide your season. I'd say in MLS, it's a similar thing where it's like you win six, you lose six and you tie six. And it's the other 16 games that ultimately end up deciding your season. And I think these road games are great examples of those other 16 games where uh, the Sounders are getting a lot of points out of those other games right now. Uh, or there's, I mean, frankly, those some of these games are games that you would have probably chalked up as losses early in the, you know, when you were looking at the schedule, and and so you, you got to like that they're getting results. I think there's more positives to look at it from they're getting results, even if it's not always pretty, and it's not like again, it would be one thing if all these road matches looked like the San Jose game where they were just like holding on for dear life. But you look at, you know, you look at stoppage time in this one, they had seven minutes of stoppage time at no point, really. They were the ones, the, the aggressors really over those final seven minutes. Uh, and that's, that's encouraging stuff. I think that, you know, I, I don't expect this team to, to carry a 2.33 uh, points per game through the year, but you know, they're giving themselves a lot of room for error. Yeah. I think it's, I've been thinking about this a fair amount, but when I was sort of previewing the possibility of the three, five, two before the season started, one of the points that I made is, uh, you know, the, the sort of common refrain is particularly in football is that defense wins championships. You build defense first and then you add offense on top of that. And it seemed like the Sounders could certainly play great defense but in soccer defense is great but if you can't score goals like you're just going to get a point a game the sounders have i mean especially with rui diaz you you don't have to create from open play ultimately like you want to but if you can score on set pieces and Raul rui diaz can clean up the trash on a semi-regular basis which he is more than capable of on his own creating some sort of magic or in like a scramble in the box, he finds the space to get shots off. Um, And the Sounders just aren't giving up goals. They have as of yet to give up an open play goal. Amazing stat. It is an amazing stat. Really wild through nine games to not have given up a goal from open play uh, and to have done it with a, you know, rotating cast of center backs, a backup goalkeeper for several games now, and probably not getting your starter back anytime, especially soon. Like, that's an incredible feat, especially and in a six, league like MLS. 
and six different central midfielders. Yeah. Like if you look at say it would be one thing if they were start like cuz I know you look at this this roster early in the season and you go okay they're they're solid down the middle. That's why you give them a chance, right? You got Rui Diaz, you got Ladero, you got Jao Paulo, you got Jamar, right? And you and, and you got Steph Fry. So you just go a, a straight line essentially down the middle. We're solid there. We can figure out the rest of it. But the reality is that they haven't like a lot of those pieces haven't been there every game. Nico Ladero has played 24 minutes or whatever. Uh, they, you know, Kellen Rowe certainly was not. I don't think anyone envisioned if Kellen Rowe had played in all nine games that the Sounders would be undefeated through nine games. Uh, you know, Danny Leva has got to start. Josh Atencio has got a couple starts. Uh, the central midfield has been sort of a rotating cast and that they've been able to, you know, they haven't had the position. They have the possession numbers that would maybe hint at a rotating cast, but they've been very solid. They haven't given up a ton. Uh, and I think it speaks really well to Brian Schmetzer and it, and it, and, and it just speaks well to the coaching staff of setting this team up really effectively, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they, now they, they, they're going to head back home. Uh, and these are, you know, I don't want to say I'm nervous about these, these next two games, but uh, I do think that there's got to be some, a feeling that they got to get points out of these, out of these games. They're, they're RSL is not, a, not an easy team. Uh, but I, I, they got to look at these next two games as wins. Uh, if they can get, if they can get wins in those ones, they got to like their chances. They're set up very well, obviously. But they got RSL on Wednesday, and then they got Vancouver on Saturday, which is a much more, uh, you know, straightforward matchup. But um, yeah, I mean, this is this is an interesting one because uh, if they can if they can come out of this, they're in great shape and. Hopefully they, and they should like, again, we're in back kind of back in the same place that we were before the previous, right before the break where they had these two very winnable games and, and you kind of cross your fingers and, and hope they do it. Yeah. I think, I mean, Vancouver and RSL played each other in RSL's stadium, but it was a Vancouver home game this weekend. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Was there it? was a weird tweet about landlords and renters yeah, there was that a... was, pretty dumb considering that technically the league doesn't have any owners there are franchise operators effectively so (laughs) everyone's a renter um but that game made it look like there are going to be goals in these next two games and based on the season so far they're probably not going to be given up by the sounders uh you know knock on wood but uh it it's such a like dumb goofy pundit thing to say that the sounders will want to get points out of these games to right. want to get wins they're a professional sports team they right, always want to get wins right. um but i think particularly the last two home games they failed to get more than two draws out of them stadium's going to be fuller than it was the last time they were there i personally will be there so maybe yeah, that's the that's motivation that they need uh, by itself honestly i think yeah i think they should they should do it for me personally but also for everyone else uh, and probably for themselves yeah but, and not not to get too ahead of ourselves but man it's it's funny you look at the schedule of upcoming games and there's a lot of like maybe a minnesota away is the is the next one where you're like yeah, I mean, I guess Colorado away is potentially a, an area where you could stomach some drop points, but there's a 
the Sounders are set up well, I guess is the point here. And, uh, and let, and if they can start figuring out how to get a little bit more going from the run of play, they are looking really unstoppable, frankly. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if they, these are two very winnable home games Yes. where they should have a significant home field advantage. If they can come out of these two games with 27 points through 11 games, that, I mean, that's putting yourself in a really good position, even if you do hit a funky patch. Like, you've got to feel good about what the team can do going down the stretch. They've got New England pretty hot on their heels for supporters' shield, shield. but yeah. who And they got a great they got a great result this weekend, too. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was an impressive performance, I thought, against New York City FC at New York City FC. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, I guess that's all to say. I, you know, they they could be looking pretty good if they can get wins out of these next two. Yeah. Well, let's let's call it there. Um, I think we uh, will have plenty more coming up this week. Uh, you're going to hear from us a lot. That's what happens in these busy weeks. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm Jeremiah Shan signing off for Tim Foss. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast, and we will catch you next time.